What's up, kick-ass people, and welcome back to our podcast. I am your host, Jester Sanjas, and I am joined by Mike McGlynn. Today's guest is no other than Bernie Van Teel. She's probably the coolest person I've ever met, and I definitely don't sound obsessed with her in this episode at all, I swear. She is an actress, dancer, singer, rapper, beatboxer, I can go on, and she does all sorts of crazy talented stuff. In this episode, she discusses her experiences so far, including dealing with sexual harassment and overcoming some very difficult stereotypes and misconceptions that we may all have faced as a female. She also treats us to a bit of a beatbox or two, which will literally leave you speechless. You can hear my jaw dropping to the floor. It's hilarious. Have the best time listening. It'll leave you wanting more for sure. Our amazing kick-ass chick, Bernie Van Teel. BBT on the verse one time. <laughs> Hi guys. Hi Bernie. Hello. How are you? I'm actually very well. Dapper. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Dapper. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank Dapper, you so much. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming. We've been so excited to see you. Me and Michael have not shut up about it for yeah. the last, well, three weeks or so since we organized it. Yeah, That's we like Yeah, Aww, so excited. It's nice to be liked. Yes, it is. <laughs> You're very liked. Thank you. So first question, we get straight to it. Do you think you're a kick-ass chick? Oh, yeah, totally. Yes! Nice. <laughs> I love nice. that there I'm, was no pause. No, I don't think you should be humble about that. Uh, well, like, you know, in the sense of the word, I don't think you should really hesitate to own that. That's a great fucking title to have. Yes. I love Say that yes. so much. It's like saying, are you a human? Yeah. Actually, this is a good time to ask, hmm. and I've never got to ask this. Jess Dos Anjos, do you think you're a kick-ass chick? Yep, I do. I genuinely do. I think I'm pretty Yay. cool. Not in the stereotypical type of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Not in what society would Not in what society cool. thinks is cool. It's in the eye of the beholder anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm pretty Ooh. cool. Yeah. I was just here for history in the making. I know. I'm really glad that was your answer. No, I wasn't I sure what it would be. I've worked hard at that the last few years. No. Nice. But I'm really glad to say, yeah, I think I'm a kick-ass chick. Do you think if I'd asked that in the first podcast, you would have answered the same way? Yeah. Nice. I think if you'd asked me when we first met, I would have said no. Ooh. Wow. I would have said, oh, I'm all right, but got lots. What's to changed? I've just learned to like myself a lot more. Oh, yeah. I like that. How cool is that? Yeah. Just imp like embracing who I am. I can't change specific things. I'm never going to be these people that I look up to because they're different people. Mm. I've got something that they haven't. You've got shit that I haven't got. I've got <laughs> shit you haven't got. Mike, <laughs> same as you. Like... Mm. I think uh, the, the the best saying goes, cliche as it is, but it's very true, mm. is comparison is the death of happiness. Yeah, mm. totally. And the birth of insecurities. 100%. So. so I've been obsessed with you since, Michael, let me listen to one of your songs that you haven't quite released. No. Obsessed with it. That was Cannot... outside my window. Yeah, yeah that was <laughs> me. That was totally me. But particularly, like I've spent hours, this sounds really weird, I've spent hours looking at your Instagram post. <laughs> um, I told you I wasn't like society cool. Um, because you are 
incredibly talented. Not mm. only can you sing, though, your beatboxing is off the chain. Like, <laughs> unbelievable. How did you get into it? Uh, first of all, thank you. Um, I got into it for, look, when I was younger, I had this amazing job um, to be a younger sibling and part of that job was to annoy the absolute crap out of my older sister because she gave the best reactions possible and so I would just do it more. And <laughs> part of that annoying arsenal was, um, of course, making stupid noises. And when she was on the brink of insanity, um, <laughs> so I would have been about 12 by then, so that's a long time. Yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, she was on the brink of insanity and then um, my cousin's boyfriend came back from Splendour in the Grass and he had this CD. You know how people used to like rip CDs for you mm. and stuff? Yeah. So he had this CD and he put it in the player and he's like, this guy was sick at Splendour. He was amazing. His name's Razel. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, and for any beatboxer out there or hip-hop head that is out there, they'll know that Razel is the godfather of noise and he used to tour with Wu-Tang Clan as their oh, human wow. boombox basically and they like freestyle over what he did but he would get solo sets out of the tours and his shows and mm. everything I was listening to, it, it, I would compare it to probably listening to Michael Jackson for the first time mm. or seeing James Brown perform for the first time because mm. you're like, what? is this inhuman, amazing mm. thing I am being exposed to. And my brain just sort of had this own little Big Bang fireworks, <laughs> you know, yeah. happen. Mm. I think something like a like a wavelength just opened and I was like, I want to do that. And whether it was subconsciously decided, I just was sort of morphing those annoying sounds into something mm. more rhythmical, more structured. And I'd copy what he was doing and I'd listen to – you, you know, the the tracks that he had that were off that CD, I, you know, I went down my own little wormhole to find and seek more and that's where I, you know, discovered Wu-Tang Clan and everything. So you taught yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I'll admit, I don't know many female beatboxers at all. So when I saw you, I was like, this chick is the bomb! <laughs> <laughs> oh, when man. was it that, like, did you ever have a moment where it becomes a thing and you're now the beatboxer? When was it that you... So I started when I was 12 and I wasn't good at it straight away. It's like riding a bike. You you start, you crap, you get better, and then you become comfortable and you sort of, you know, go yeah. from there. You can't unlearn it. Um, so I think maybe when I was 14, I, I would have been like year eight by that time. And my, my high school was holding, um, instead of musicals, it was called Arts Week. Yeah, and nice. it was an opportunity for everyone to audition and do something creative. And, of course, I was like, yeah, I want to perform. I want to do this. And I had a couple of friends that sang. So we did like yes. an acapella thing. It was like Pitch Perfect before Pitch Perfect. Nice. You know? And we didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a classic. Yeah. But, yeah, we didn't know that that's what we were doing. And from that point forward, People were like, oh, you're the beatbox chick. Nice. And like it didn't help as well. I had a bit of an identity. When I, <laughs> um, so when I came to high school, that was like my chance. And it was a public school too. I was like, thank fuck, you know. So I had a chance to um, explore my identity. And, uh-huh. and, and of course, what you are physically on the outside, you know, you want that to represent how you feel on the inside. So I used to walk around with like you know, the the chains and the do-rag and the, you know, I was like fully, yeah. fully into it. And so it, I was very easy to spot 
in this country town high school. So how were you received when you like became the beatbox chick and the girl um, that was very visible? Surely you'd have to be the coolest person in school. That's surely. What, well, well, Benny is the coolest fucking person in I my know. life. So. That's what I'm thinking. This is like, why I'm surely. like, how is it? It's funny you ask. It's, it's this weird paradoxical feeling uh, because everyone sees you and it's they've never seen this before or at least not in someone like me, mm. let alone a female. Um, but it's something they've never seen before. I sort of became a commodity for a while. Mm. Uh. So every time I walked down the halls, it would be like, oi, beatbox. Yeah. And it, it just felt, it, like a, it pained me a little because I was like, oh, is that all I am now? Yeah. And so I started to question some of my friend groups being like, if I didn't do this, would you be as interested in me as you are? And... You know, and, and growing up in high school, I floated between groups all the time. It, high school is so clicky. It's not even funny. Mm. You do have your outcasts. You do have your jocks, your nerds, etc. Mm -hmm. But I just sort of had this weird pass. And I think I did come from being a beatboxer because musicians alone didn't get that pass. No matter how ah. good you were, musicians yeah. alone didn't get that pass. Actors didn't get that pass. You yeah. were automatically not cool if you were in the creative arts 100%. you were alternative or you were a loser like yeah. that was that sucked too like I felt cool but uncool at the same yeah. time because I was I was just this like I still loved my anime my nerdy shit I still was academic but I had this weird freak of nature ability to make sounds mm -hmm. that worked mm -hmm. and entertained people and mm. yeah. So. Interesting thing about beatboxing is that I feel like it doesn't matter what kind of music you're into, you will always appreciate beatboxing. Because mm. I remember the first time I heard you, it was jaw on the floor stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God, like you were so incredible. Everyone that hears it must just be blown away. Like have you ever had, have you ever beatboxed for someone and. and just gotten like a. Like, and oh, just yeah, got a, cool. oh, yeah, whatever. Have you ever had that? Uh, not, not knowingly. Right. I mean, like, because a lot of my content is online, you will get people who'll be like, you Meh. know, saying stuff because they can. Yeah. I've never personally had that. Even within the community where there's just absolutely psycho beatboxes, like they're crazy mm. good, crazy fucking good. Mm. And all of them are so, so supportive. Mm. It's so nice. And it's and it's very male dominated. And so you sometimes think it might be intimidating just coming. I've never personally felt that but I know as a female sometimes you can instantly quiet yourself mm -hmm. um compared to your male comrades in the in the community because automatically they just excel at it mm -hmm. and there are there are reasons behind that it's not just a, a sex gender debate can you elaborate I on that? definitely can um so for example most of the sounds that are made are very bass dominated mm -hmm. so beatboxes particularly are great at drum and bass, grime, hip-hop, trap, house, techno, and a lot of those things are totally bass-oriented. And you're like... my favourite genre. You know, <laughs> exactly, me too. So, you know, men are physically predisposed to have thicker, longer vocal cords, thus having that bass, baritone, tenor mm. range. Mm. And so when you combine it with the certain techniques that you need to apply to beatboxing itself, physiologically, they are able to obtain those techniques and abilities right. faster, thus developing them quicker. Whereas women, from my experience at least, 
I remember trying to get um, the throat base that I didn't have first, right? So the first throat base that I ever got was, is is freakishly weird and so even the guys don't know how to do it. Can you explain what that is? Or no, okay. Can you Wild show people lost. what okay. it is? Because yeah. this is fucking crazy. <laughs> I can't wrap my head around okay, it. Okay, so the first, ever, it, right? no. the first ever throat base that I got was from listening to Razel and I thought I was getting what he was doing but it was totally different. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I utilize it by oscillating the false vocal cords with my real vocal cords. Um, so you get that like cookie monster voice. It's like, oh, yeah. Mm-mm. So you got that. But then you push your, you know, your true vocal cords to the to the center of it. And you get that. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. This wow. is so cool. So that's the one Crazy. I developed. I had it since I was wow. 12. So I remember oh, okay. being wow. in sixth grade wow. being able to make that sound. Probably wasn't as low. Because, you know, when you get older, you you, you stretch. <laughs> yeah. And then the one I was trying to obtain, which is actually so much harder. I don't know if I'm going to get it today because it's I need a warm-up voice. <laughs> so you've got – so what you're doing there is like yeah. as if you're clearing your voice going <clears throat> and you're adding your voice. And you've got to try and get it in your low register and for it to resonate in your chest. Some people make it resonate in their nasal cavity. Right. But if you get it to your chest, you can you can reach your lower resonance uh-huh. and, and register. And Crazy. F- females aren't... <laughs> speechless again. <laughs> yeah, you know, so like compared to most of my female friends and family, my voice is deeper than usual. Of course, a man's voice is usually deeper than this. But I remember when I first was trying to get that one... I gave myself tonsillitis and glange. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Because because my my throat was in so much stress and I had no one there guiding me, telling me, hey, this is bad. You need to find another oh. way to find oh. this. So I put it down after after a while and didn't come back to that particular technique until probably four or five years ago when I met my friend Genesis, who was on Australia's Got Talent. Mm. And he had such free throat bass. I was amazed. Mm. And he coached me through it and mm. helped me understand that it's yeah. not about pushing it. It's about relaxing it. Mm. And I don't know, that just switched things for me and I, I got better at it. Yeah. And being involved in the com- community and being surrounded by such supportive guys, they're like, they want you to be able to do it. Like, mm. that's the best mm. thing. They don't see you as competition. They're just great? going, no, nah, we want you to be able to get that. That's sick. Like, yeah, do that. And they give you pointers. Like, This is amazing. And the I other that. guests that we've had on um, Kick-Ass Chicks as well have all said how they've been surrounded by such lovely guys who yeah. have mm. been really supportive and encouraging, which is really great to hear. Totally. Because, yeah. I don't know, I had this thing that, I, I assumed be... everyone would be telling all these horrible stories. and I guess isn't... like you surround yourself though. You yeah. have a responsibility to yourself to surround yourself with people who are only going to lift you up. If mm. you're sticking with a community that is toxic, yeah. then it, it is your responsibility. I'm sorry it is mm. to remove yourself from that person or people and find those who do challenge you mm. but uplift you. Help Same you, time. yeah, help you find where that challenge lies in you and where mm. to go mm. to get it because, yeah, otherwise you're going to be taking steps back, not forward, mm. Yeah, you know? Music was always like a really weird, I had a weird relationship with it for so long. I grew up being trained classically, mm. so piano, flute, bands, orchestras. It you love like, rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a simple path, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but that was never cool. 
But I got to about 12 or 13 and I really started getting into R&B and hip hop and no yeah, one else really did. got it. But the guys were like, oh, she's cool now. Right, yeah. right. So music's this really weird thing for me. But now yeah. I've got to like adulthood, if I'll be like, oh, I like hip hop. Mm. People are like, that's weird. Mm. Whereas if I said like, oh, I'm like a classical no, pianist I, and flautist, totally... they're like, whoa. Mm. Yeah. No, I totally whoa. feel you on that. On that because when people look at me, and for those who don't know me and are listening, she's fucking am, cool. I am sitting here with with short denim overalls that are hanging down, a slash T-shirt from Guns N' Roses that is two sizes too big and a boss lady jacket, bomber jacket that says BBT boss lady on the back. So you look She's at me. honestly the coolest I feel like person such I've ever felt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing my Nike Air Maxes, and I was like, I'm so cool. <laughs> no, but, but here's the thing: so there, you've got an image of me right now automatically, and then you have a conversation with me, and you kind of pick up on my vibe. But then out of nowhere, I just go, Oh yeah, love musicals, mm. and they go, What? There's there's definitely a thing where you get judged with what music you like, particularly with hip hop and everything that's encompassed within that term mm. I f it's like oh but girls don't like hip-hop that's like mm. for guys that are you know that's i don't weird. know wearing yeah. the jeans around their asses and like there's this stereotypical thing that girls shouldn't like a certain thing or speak a certain way or <sighs> look you know look a certain part audible sigh yeah Have you experience look, that oh totally from so many different angles as well, like I, I, I come from Filipino culture. Mm -hmm. Part of that culture is that we do have gender roles. And so growing up, I don't know, I just instantly, instantly knew who I was without even really addressing or being aware of that. I just knew. And I was stubborn. So combine that with <laughs> Bernie, go put on this dress and these nice shoes. And I just be like, no, you know. Mm. So from a very early age, I've always had thrown upon me that I should act, dress, speak, sit a certain yeah. way. Yeah. And I'm going to firmly say that, you know, I never really conformed to that. Instead, I rebelled in the other direction just because I, I loved the other direction, you know. So then I got labeled as a tomboy and even that didn't sit with me because I was like, no, just because I like things that I guess boys like, it doesn't mean that I'm a tomboy. It just means that I'm me and I enjoy these things. Yeah, why yeah. is like, it a thing? Get the fuck off my dick, honestly. <laughs> and so, <laughs> shout out J. Cole. But, <laughs> you know, so yeah. I totally get that and I still get that today. So there was one person that w I was doing a gig with. We were just sort of at the same venue and they were the headliner mm -hmm. and I was like a, a showcase performer. And so I was beatboxing and they looked at me and they were like, oh, you don't look ugly when you beatbox. I mean, that was their opinion. <laughs> like you got to pull some pretty shanky faces to beatbox sometimes. But they're like, you don't look ugly when you beatbox. And I'm like, what's that supposed to mean? They're like, well, most girls like, you know, and guys, they, you know, they look really like contorted and stuff when they, when they beatbox. And it's just so, it's so nice seeing that. It's refreshing. It's like, and they were oh. using it as like a pickup line. <laughs> and oh. It's and like, oh, yeah, yeah, and I, I was like, "Well, no, like, fuck. so that that was annoying." And then being online as well, you get people being like, "God, that's not natural. Girl shouldn't be able to do that." And some people are serious though. Wow. And yeah, and then they'll compare Who me. Seriously says that. I know. And then who says it though? Girls or guys? Mostly guys. I'll be okay. honest. Mostly guys. 
So what do they say? They say girls shouldn't be able to do that or you're not as good as the guys. They'll just find any avenue that to, to, to address my gender to find why I shouldn't be or am not good that's, or as good. That's interesting because you were saying how much of a lovely community your exactly. beatbox yeah, no, yeah. they provided and how encouraging they are. Yeah. But, so I'm assuming these people that have commented, you either don't know them or they're not within exactly. the beatbox totally. or even musical community. Like they're just random. That yeah, don't- absolutely. Because you'd think that it would come from the community, but I think it, it actually comes from people who are fans of the community and don't actually involve themselves in the sport or the or the art of it. And they even pin other beatboxes against each other and say that. And I think I mean, this is the other thing as well is like I'm waiting for when I have my day and it's like BBT is on the scene and they'll do this thing that the industry does and society does and they'll put me up against someone who's in the same lane as me that happens to be a female and make us enemies. Right. Like they do it. They do it all the time. Like one of my favourite. Do they do it? absolutely intentionally do you think i think so because it's there's this weird thing where there should only be one female token rapper there's all of these guys all of these guys that are rappers or singers and they're all doing their thing mm. in their own lane and of course you'll have like politics of who's better than who whatever but they'll never like try to knock someone off of their mm. their mark just so they can make room for another guy but with women, I've I've I have watched it over and over again. It is happening now with Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. I'm not even going to get into the, the politics of that beef. But the person that I watched say this that really opened me up to it was one of my favorite female rappers, um, other than Missy Elliott, is Angel Hayes. Now, she I love Fanny. yeah, right. <laughs> but. Angel Hayes, um, she did interviews and stuff and they were talking about pinning her against, I think it was Nicki Minaj. And she just said, I don't believe in that. I think that Nicki is a queen in her own right. Mm. I I am inspired by her. I love and idolize her music. And, you know, she named all of her other favorite female rappers down from that paved the way before her, Mm. you know. And... She was like, I think it's a very common thing for us to be pinned against each other and to make us battle each other and diss each other on the mic because one has to be the sex icon. One has to be the queen of rap or the queen of hip hop. Mm. One has to be et cetera, et cetera. And you, you look, do your research. It has happened over and over and over again and it is happening today. I can't wrap my head around how that can happen. So, so there's people sitting in a boardroom saying, right, there's no room for another female, so we have to pit this one against how are we going to do that? I think, or do you think it's more? In, it's it's not as overt. I don't think it's as direct as that. No. I think it's something like a marketing thing, a sales thing, uh, uh, you know. I was just going to say exactly the Exactly, same thing and it's and just like, yeah, she's got this and she does that and da-da-da. Yeah. I don't think they're like, she's going to knock this person off the throne. It's just yeah. like this is an angle we can approach it from. Yeah. This is what we can do. This is what we can market her as mm-hmm. and people are going to flock to that. Yeah, That's interesting because Mira was talking the other night about identity mm-hmm. and she said that people would say to her in America when she was living in L.A., they'd be like, who are you? <laughs> and they didn't mean no, who what, are you as an artist. What are you? Or what, what, are, what yeah. are you? What I get are what you are, are you. Who are you? Yeah. And it wasn't what's your identity as an artist. It yeah. was are you Asian or, or are black. you black? Yeah. 
And so part of that is having to be able to market it to a particular audience and community and, and get a community to attach itself to yeah. you. Yeah. Can I just say that a few artists out there that have just, I, I love her, Eminem and Logic. Let's um, let's throw J, throw J. Cole in there as well. Mm. So each of them have got their own um, debate going on. And each of them have done a very, very smart thing with having this conversation through music. So for Eminem, obviously everyone knows, white guy, mm -hmm. Detroit, rapper. Yeah. They're like, dude, you're stealing black culture and you're excelling at something that you shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Logic. So he is um, biracial, passes as white, but still uses, you know, the slangs and colloquialism and the, I guess, what would be a slur. But he's like, I, he's like, I am biracial. I identify with my black culture. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. I don't want to feel invisible. Yeah. And then you have J. Cole. He has a song called G-O-M-D, Get Off My Dick. It is a behemoth of a track. It is amazing, the production on it. What he says on there is even more potent to listen to. But the video clip addresses colorism. It's a video clip that dates back to like, you know, slavery days and the comparison between the field slave and the house slave and colorism, not just racism, but colorism within his own culture and identity. And then you have her coming to the whole identity thing. What are you? Who are you? She did something similar to what Sia does, where she keeps her identity anonymous, but she just wears glasses, like sunglasses, and no one knows her actual identity they have speculations theories but no one really can overtly say who she is mm. she just lets that speak for her and, and let the music be the identity mm. which sounds so pretentious when I say it like that but it's true like yeah. if I had you know time to turn back the clock and do that and and do I would totally would same yeah. as LaKaylee 47 she does that as well yeah. doesn't even have a Wikipedia page so what if you could go back in time you would basically hide your look so people I don't know, know if I like. would. I just would discuss it probably less until I, until I knew what I wanted to do mm. with that. Mystery is a great weapon, mm. um, a great tool, should yeah. I say, for, yeah. for an artist because people want to talk and they'll never know though until you confirm. Yeah. I would love to sort of have more liberty of that, but I think I would discuss it less. But because I've already opened the conversation, I'm trying to utilize that to have other conversations that are mm -hmm. just as important as not having the conversation, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so. How do you reckon we're going to get away from the whole Cardi versus Nikki, the having to look a certain way, there only being room for one type of female or, or guy? I think that, that our generation are coming through like. And I don't mean like baby boomers, Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z. I mean like just in terms of like the new wave of musicians coming through that have come through in the past eight years maybe, I will say. They've started to to do that mm -hmm. and to rebel against against that idea that's, that's being put on them and to uprise. And I think that social media has a lot to do with that because now everyone has freedom of speech to say what they want to say. 
And also I think it, it's becoming more of a discussion. People are being less afraid to talk their mind, speak their mind and feel less oppressed by whatever social standards are put on them mm. and to have that debate mm. together. I think, I think that that's super, super important and I think that that's the only way we're really going to get far from it. I don't think we're going to get rid of it entirely. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you've missed out on an opportunity because you're a woman? Totally. Do you? <laughs> totally. And also because I'm not because I'm not conventional. So I feel I've missed quite a few opportunities in acting and music, and I'm not going to water down and say I don't appreciate the opportunities I have gotten because I am a woman and a person of color, et cetera, et cetera, and all these other things. But I have definitely, and I don't know if it's like ever been on purpose. I think I can only count on my hands really the amount of times that it's okay. ever been on purpose or that I've felt absolutely targeted or but looked over. But that's because you're not the conventional I'm not a conventional artist or? I'm not a conventional in full stop. I'm not a right. conventional woman. I, I, I sit somewhere in between femininity and masculinity. Mm. I don't think like shit, man, I'll go both ways. Like I will wear a dress. I will wear docks and pants and whatever. I will, but also like I'll rock around in trackies and a midriff and feel my absolute prime sexiest like yeah. that. You know what I mean? I think it's still fucked that that still defines what a female is. Yeah. What clothes. So, yeah, clothes. yeah. I was thinking about it the other, when I went was at a wedding not long ago um, looking at a lot of just how everyone was dressed and I was like, damn, guys can wear suits forever. The alterations are only so slight but they are timeless and yeah. dresses for women are constantly going through mm. an era, yeah. a period, a change. You can pick out a dress from the 50s and, and identify that it came from there. Yeah. Whereas you can pick out a suit from any era and be like, mm, yeah. Except the 80s, you yeah, can tell that. Totally. <laughs> i got to say, as a guy, I lament the clothing choices that I have in comparison to women. But here's the thing, though. Like, you can do whatever you want. It's just how True. much you fucking care. But but so can you, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm I'm refusing to be conventional for someone else's sake. Mm. I can't remember where I read the quote or heard the quote but it was like, I don't think that I should be unapologetic. I think that's the wrong word because then it, that means – it was Lizzo. Lizzo said it. She said, I don't think I should be unapologetic. That's the wrong word because uh, that means that I have something to apologize for yeah. in the first place. And I, I read that and I was like, oh, my God, yeah. I embrace that I'm not your conventional whatever – I'm not going to lie, I have had identity crisis, mm -hmm. existential crisis being like, do I conform to this because I want it or do I conform to it because someone else wants it and I want them to validate me? Yeah. You know, and that's a heavy question to ask yourself because it is you, you are putting yourself on the line. Do you, when you say validate, mm. do you mean just society or girls or guys? Either. Either it can be so personal or so outward. Mm. It can be either. So sometimes you may feel that one person's opinion reflects the rest of society mm. or the rest of society reflects one person's opinion. Mm. Yeah. It Either way, it just depends on what headspace you're in that day, yeah. you know. Okay. And so like I know definitely that there have been opportunities that I have totally missed out on, whether they were just networking opportunities or career opportunities. Yeah, right. I know I've definitely missed out because I wasn't, that Would you be able to tell us 
like some examples? Yeah, sure. I mean, there there was um, an institute that I was a part of, and that institution had uh, networking evenings. Part of that networking evening was to schmooze and mingle with people from the industry, and you could tell they handpicked certain people from certain groups to represent the institution. And that gives that person, that individual, an opportunity to network for personal reasons as well and personal gain whilst representing the place that you also come from. And I noticed that the people that were selected didn't represent everyone there. They were clean. They were put together. They were polished. They were polite. They were this. They were that. They complied and they conformed. And it just felt that people like me and myself were a risk to put forward mm. because we wouldn't scrub up to that standard. Things yeah. about me Fuck. being a woman, an example, I think, are certain film opportunities. I don't know how intentional it was, but they would write a script and a lot of that script was um, action-based and they just they wanted guys to do that because they could, in their eyes, be more convincing in, in those action filled things and I'm like dude like mm-hmm. yeah and there's there's other things as well like I've had um music and hosting gigs where they've had someone who was a guy come forward and and be the face of that event just because they were a guy mm. and that worked for them now this is this I can handle this I'm okay I'm like look I can fight that battle every day because I know I'm not alone yeah. doing that yeah. the one that irks me is being put forward because I'm a woman or a person of color or queer that yeah and it's for their gain not mine like oh and they'll they'll totally disguise it as oh we're just showing diversity and we it's for you it's like no it's not it's to say I can tell we've got a mixed diverse Mm. range of people or whoever it happens in corporate so much yeah and it got to the point where when I was applying for jobs initially to get my legal training, mm. there's always boxes at the end and they're like, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Mm. Nationality, sex. I would always answer it because mm. it got to a point where I was like, I'm going to say that I'm female and I'm going to say that I'm mixed race because that's going to give me a better chance than if I say I'm British mm. because I know that they are really keen at the moment to get their stats up. Yeah. And I was, I knew it and I hated it, but I was yeah. like, I need to get my fucking foot in somehow. Yeah. Because I'm and not going to get it's it like otherwise. You find this moral dilemma. Like oh, I've had it. this quite a few times, quite a, and it's still happening to me today where I'm like having these fucked conversations with, with myself. I'm like, okay, this is a dream job of mine, mm. a dream career. I want to pursue this. Do I play this game and then... Yeah get through or do I because then you're compromising aren't you yeah what you really believe in and you feel like a hypocrite yeah because you're trying to spread this message of love and acceptance and diversity for all the people that ever felt like you and you go you can do this you don't have to conform you don't have to be this way fuck the you know fuck the system and then but then at the same and then at the same time you're like letting the system fuck you and you're like when is this friends with benefits relationship going to end? Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's only recently that I've made a like a firm stand and gone, nah, 
Mm. Nah, I'm mm-hmm. not going to do that shit anymore. Um, I want you to pick me because I'm the fucking best for that opportunity. Yeah. Not because you want to get the stats up and show that you're a diverse well, that's, organization. That's, that came into a that's very big play as hard. to which acting agency I went with after graduating, um, you know, acting college because there was – a few agencies that were interested and I had my meet and greets and obviously the one that I'm with now stood out because they were interested in me as a person Mm. and wanted to work with me as a person. And you could just tell from the conversation we had, but the other people, particularly one, holy crap, wanted me because colour was in. Diversity was in. Oh, my God. It was trendy. It was what people are looking for in the industry. And we don't, oh, my God, we don't have enough people like that on our books. You would go through their books and go, oh, <laughs> yep, this is a niche market. Definitely can see why they want me in there. And like someone else outwardly said that to me. And I was like, how? That it's in. Yeah. Like, yeah. They were like, they, you know they only want you, right, because you're, you're brown, right? You know yeah. that, right? And I was like, I just – like bile was just churning. I was like, fuck this, man. Like, so It's a hard. real struggle. It's a I mean, real struggle. Like I, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not brown. <laughs> I'm mixed race. You can't see that, like mm. you say. Mm-hmm. So I don't have that struggle. But even having the female struggle, like it's such a hard place. I've only recently got to that stage where I've gone, nah, you're going to employ me because I'm the best. Mm-hmm. Not because... I'm a female and you want to make the picture look good on your website mm. or whatever it is, you know. I had this. It's such a minefield. Oh, how but do you get that, over that? Isn't that crazy? Because we are conditioned to believe that we are supposed to not say anything. We are conditioned to believe that it is more polite and more safe to not say anything so that you can maybe eventually, maybe super stress or maybe get your way in what you deserve or what you want. Like I faced a, a dilemma like this recently. I don't know if I told you when I when I came here last, but I had a gig and there, there was like mostly women, but some of these women bought their husbands and their partners and, and they all supported and they were all friends. And I was just this musician that was coming through to do my job. And they were super excited. So they had a photographer going around taking pictures and – they were like, oh, come, come get in the photo with us. It'd be really, really fun. I didn't even know half the people that I was in the photo with, just one of them. Mm. And this guy, I had two guys on either side of me. One was polite and whatever, and we spoke. Another, There was another guy, significantly older than me, that had a wife, and he was standing on the other side of me, and he posed no threat as far as I knew. But then when the photo was being taken, Mm. hold for the photo, one, two, three, smile. I felt his hand slide to the small of my back. And then I was like, oh, maybe he just isn't aware like where his hand is. And then his hand went down to my butt. I was like, hell no, you know where your hand is. And then if I had any other shred of doubt, it was completely annihilated when he gripped and stroked my butt and gripped. And Uh. this was for more than one photo. Right. And you know, the whole hold <sighs> one, two, three thing. And I'm like mm. in my head, all speed lightning, like trying to figure out what the fuck yeah. what do, do I do? do? Yeah. I'm, I'm supposed to be a professional musician at this gig. Yeah. Do I be respectable and say nothing or do I break out of this photo and, and address him and accuse him? And this was before my set, mind you. Oh I, my gosh. Right. So I hadn't played my set yet. Anyways. 
the fact that that's even going round in your head. Yeah. It should I, be. It nah, shouldn't. Stop. Exactly. Exactly. So I played my set and I got the fuck out of there and I went home to my partner and I was like, I feel so violated and upset. And what's fucked is that a week before that happened to me, the same thing happened to her. Some guy just Aww. thought he could just go up and kiss her for, and, and he was in front of his wife. And he what? was like, yeah. And he was like to what her. What do you mean kiss her? So she, she's also a creative and she was in, um, a sh- on a shoot and they had to catch a ferry while they're on the ferry like these people who were witnessing the shoot happen were also on the ferry with them on the way back. Mm. And so they were going around to all these people being like, were you part of the shoot? Can we get a photo with you? Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. And so same thing happened to her. Yeah, 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 sure, grab a photo with me. No, no problem. And then after the photo, he went to kiss her and she just like was pulling away and she was literally saying, no, 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 stop. Mm. And he kept leaning, trying to kiss her. And he was saying, I'm trying to make my wife jealous. That's my wife there. She's trying to make her <gasps> jealous. So for that to happen to her a week before that happened to me and for both of us to feel this sickening feeling of what do I do? And like, I felt cheap, man. Like I felt so mm. like, I was like, fuck, thank you for the reminder that my sex is this thing that is supposed to be made to be fragile. Like as soon as I, it's like the one, my, my life I've spent feeling so secure in myself and mm. so fucking untouchable. Mm. I have sovereignty and autonomy, you know, for you to have the audacity to break that, that is a privilege taken away. That is a right taken away mm. just through an action. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, marinate on this so I don't say something stupid come back to it and tell the person who Mm. organized the event who hired me for the event what happened and because she to make it worse she sent me the photo Uh, um that was and you can't you cannot and I'm like hey and I edited the photo and circled him in big Mm. red pen just letting you know I really appreciate you hiring me for the event um it was lovely to to see you but I just want you to let you know that this guy did this to me and I don't feel okay with it. I thought about not saying anything because I was scared I wouldn't be hired again Aww. or that I was going to be, you know, labeled as difficult because let's yeah. face it, that happens. And I was scared of that and I just want to let you know. And luckily she was so, so amazing about it. She was like, that is not on, that is fucked. That is the worst thing, especially because he's a friend of ours. I'll have a word with him. I'll have a word with his wife and we'll talk this out. I am so, so sorry. Mm. And like that, I know that there are so many women out there or people out there that have not had that relief Mm. to have someone support you. It's hard to say what's the right thing to do. Exactly. So I'd love to say to... and. It's the right thing to do, mm. but it's not necessarily the easy thing to do. I'd love to but say yeah. to all the girls out there, if somebody takes away, it's essentially it's your body, mm. it's your personality, it's your right. Mm-hmm. No one's got a right to touch you. Mm. If that is violated, you need to tell them to stop or totally. get some sort of support to be able to tell them to, st- you know, get out of that situation somehow. Mm. But that's not always possible. Totally. It's not. I mean... If someone's uncomfortable, you've got to be watching out for that. Mm. And clearly you don't put your hand on someone's ass. Yeah. yeah. 
Like I'd, I'd be really curious to know how this guy responded when she spoke because, I mean, it's clearly not on. Mm. But what's it's the... clearly not on. I'm very tactile, love hugging yeah, and, same. like, if we're talking, I'll touch your arm yeah. and be like, oh, my God, me too, yeah. you know, very tactile. But where? It, what is the one See, intention when you touch someone's ass? There's yeah, no, that's, that's, exactly. that's, that's not cool. See... That's not cool. So you've got to assume that he completely (laughs) willingly and knowingly did that and there's no excuse for that. Yeah, and it just seemed like such an an, an advantage, like taking advantage of, of, of someone needing to stand still. When we were talking about doing these podcasts and the Kick Ass Chicks podcast Mm -hmm. was Jess's idea. Mm -hmm. And we talked about whether I should be involved in the interviews (laughs) and she to her credit and I fucking love you for it and she was like of course you should yeah and I was like I'd like to ask some you know some other women what they think because part of me feels like if this is a kick-ass chicks podcast why do we need another fucking male voice (laughs) but the other part of me goes I would like to be able to ask questions on behalf of men yeah and hopefully men can listen and it can be a teaching experience totally. for them. Totally. I often sit here questioning, oh, what should I ask? Should I say, you which know, is, should I should I chip in with my perspective? Which is also bullshit because mm. being a female and a feminist is not about hating on guys. Exactly. Yes, it's please. not about hating guys <gasps> and no. saying... Oh, fucking men are useless and they put their hands on my bum and they're fucking stupid. It's not about that at all. (laughs) Look, I don't think that it should just be female voices. I think that it's important to have someone, especially like you, Michael, because you're you're always open to understanding people, which is a beautiful thing about you. But like, I think it's important to have that voice and that mind in there because like you said, you and, and men are getting educated on how women experience things. Mm. But also you are a very good bridging point for that experience and that perspective to come through because a lot of men out there are going to say, well, I have this question but it's not being asked because a a woman isn't thinking from that perspective, say. Of course. And so I think it is important to, to have a male voice and a male inquisition on there because that that leads to more diversity it leads to more understanding mm. more equality so for you for you and me you're like of course you should be a part of it you know we're interviewing kick-ass chicks yeah but i know that there would be women out there going why is there a bloody man doing this oh fuck it man like we know reason enough and the people who understand know reason enough yeah. as to why that's important if There are women out there that are getting uppity about that and annoyed or whatever. They too are part of the problem. Mm. They too are part of carrying on a traditional stream of thought that only hinders progress. Well, I'm still a little bit speechless, which I expected. (laughs) Yeah, that, that got really intense for me. Like good, no, good. Like, believe me. There's no, there's no, like I'm not freaked out. This whole thing good. has been amazing. Not only are you the coolest chick ever, your stories were incredible. Oh, thank you. And I'm really glad that you were able to share that with us because some of them were fucked. 
Like, because that's just so, so hard to share that at times. But I hope that it inspires others out there that are probably going through really similar situations. I agree. It's a tricky place to be. But I hope that we'll all get to a stage at one point where we can speak more and say to that guy or whoever it is that's touching your ass inappropriately, get the fuck off. You just got to respect each other and and find empathy, I I feel. Thank you so much. I've got one last request. Mm. Can you beatbox us out? <laughs> you want me to beatbox now? Beatbox us out of the, the episode. Oh, sure. shut the up. shut the up. No, Simon says, shut the flip up. Oh my God. <laughs> that was amazing. That was fucking amazing. Fucking sick. Thank you. Oh, you, that thank was, you so much. Was fun. Aww. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Bernie. Thank you. Thanks, Jess. <sighs> Come on, let's go now. Come on, let's get it, get it. Follow this flow now. Come on and bounce with it. Come on, let's go now. Come on, let's get it, get it. Follow this flow now. We're about to witness.